0: in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation radio presented by your neighborhood Ford store the F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers
2: a little expectation is he's got to make it but that's also I don't mean
3: that in a negative way like he's Deontay's our number one receiver he makes big plays we know he'll make them he's made them in the past you go back to the games running together, but obviously he had a. I guess it was the Bengals game, right? He had that tremendous catch on the sideline. So it's not like we don't know that Deontay can make catches, and all our guys can make catches. You know, we all got to be that much better, and that's where we're at. And, um, there's no fear, there's no doubt in where we're at with anybody. We just have to make those plays at the right times. We got to continue to coach them and push them, and we all got to do a little bit better to get that right to get the results that we all need more. Well, go ahead, Max. Oh, sorry about that. That was my fault. Well, I was just saying, well, I mean that that that's pretty much where we're talking about with this. And that was Matt Canada Steelers OC, just talking about, you know, Deontay and the, you know, he needed to, to win as far as eyes being open, the opportunity that they're receiving, of course. You know, we have to talk about the frustration, of course, of Deontay, um, especially being one of the focal points because the guy got paid off season. And he wanted the lead receivers coming coming back to the quad. it hasn't been as well as you'd like, you know, the availability of throws to him. Um, and of course the near misses, right? Well, that's one of the biggest the near right. misses. I mean a touchdown against the Jets, um, sideline, big third down on the red zone play um, against the Bills last week. So the I'm actually frustrated because obviously he wants a different result. You know, he wants to make sure he's doing his job here.
2: He hears what we're saying. There's no question. Look, here's the thing that, that one of the most encouraging things that happened last week was the fact that Steelers only had a couple of three and outs and they went for a season high 36:08 in their time of possession. Look, that's something. Now this offense with Kenny Pickett at quarterback can start to be able to say, okay, this is kind of our high-water mark. This is what we're capable of doing. This is what we can build on. We've been here before. We've done this before. You're heading to you your home. Kenny's going to have a big – it's going to be a big rah-rah crowd, obviously. A lot of people going to be excited to see Kenny in the stadium that he's performed so well as a – a, a collegian, right? But now as a pro yeah. and, and what he's capable of doing, there's going to be a lot of juice in the stadium that come this Sunday, I believe. And the fact is, if he can build on that high water mark of 3608 in time of possession, you got an opportunity to take the goat off of the field for two-thirds of the game. All right? You got, I mean, literally, you know, this is one of the things that I think you can build on because I think Kenny's learned from – what happened last week in Buffalo and you got to look at the red zone obviously because number one is you got to possess the ball number two is you got to put points on the board and the points you got to put on the board are not the of the wizard of Boz kind you got to be putting sevens up against the goat if you're going to beat the goat you got to put sevens in the end zone that's the, that's the point so looking at the fact that they they possess the ball that much in Buffalo that gives me some hope Okay, now build on it. They got to build on it. Yeah, you know what I'm going to build on, Wolf? I'm going to build on your sevens
3: conversation.
2: Okay. Um, you're talking about finishing
3: off and putting it up against sevens if you want to beat the Hall of Famer. Well, here's a little offensive note from the Bucks to reference our offense. So Tom Brady is I was on a 12-game win streak against starting rookie quarterbacks. That's his record. Do you know the last time that he lost to a rookie quarterback, and the last person to beat him, and previous to those twelve wins?
2: Let's see. Was it was it by a guy named Ben Roethlisberger?
3: And what was his football number? Seven. Boom. That's how (laughs) I tied the sevens together right there. You're a genius. (laughs) So he's a combined twenty-five, combined twenty-five and three against rookie starting quarterbacks. But the last time he lost was in Pittsburgh in 2004 with number seven at quarterback, a rookie at the time going into into that game. And, you know, it's just a lot of parallels, right? You know, I'm not sitting here trying to, trying to completely go straight voodoo on everybody. But, right, you know, I think there is something to that. And I think there's something you have to consider. I mean, it's, it's good mojo on, on our side of the ball, however you want to call it. But um, Ben Rothberger being the last one to beat said Thomas Brady in, in a regular season matchup when it seems like everything was against him. And I think Kenny Pickett, good thing he's already been to Buffalo. He's gotten that second half against the Jets. I think this week... We're home. I think we get a similar coming out party, but this time it's going to be a more regulated one because he got the reps. He is he is coming in the game in the first quarter, not the third quarter, and it's going to be a different result. So I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a little excited from that perspective because I think with Kenny Pickett, I think with everything that's been said, he's already thrown 51 passes. I hope he does not have to get into that situation again. Right. I'm thinking we're going to lean a little bit more on the run give him some more play action and things on the run RPO style to get him going earlier. And you don't have to deal with the wind <laughs> that you had to deal with in Buffalo. So I think he's going to be even more accurate. And I, I'm just, I'm excited for what we, I think we can do because when you look at this Bucks defense, I mean, that's, that's where the challenge is, but that's also where you're going to have the most opportunity. Um, yeah.
2: Well, think about yeah, this. Let me let me just throw this at you. The Falcons rush for a buck 51 against them last week. All right? I mean, yeah. the Falcons, it's not like they're they're not world killers, you know? Mm-mm. But the fact is, they 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 gashed the Bucks for 151 rushing yards. You know, it can be done. You see it done, you 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 go and do likewise. You know, I mean, that's one of the things that's that that in my mind, you know, you, you how do I put this? Um, you see it, you know, you and I, we, we're sitting there watching films, and you see another team go and put, a, a, you know, 150 yards on on a, a defense. And you sit there and you, you look at it and you go, well, I can block that guy. You know, and here's the only one, I can block that guy. And before you know it, you understand they gave up 151 yards rushing That is, Tampa Bay did, to the Falcons because each guy along that line just blocked a guy, and you got a guy that couldn't run the ball. But you think to yourself, I got a pretty good guy in Najee Harris. I got a pretty good guy in Jalen Warren. You can do this. And one of the hopeful things that, in my mind, that that Kenny brings is that fresh hope, right? Because now, okay, you made the decision. However it was before, it doesn't matter. And what it will be in two weeks doesn't matter. It's only the now. Players live in the now. Right now is the time, and right now it's Kenny's time. And so that hopeful, you know, um, juice and everything else that Kenny brings with him, maybe that's going to be enough to get things rolling in the right direction. But you get the opportunity to run the ball some, possess the ball some. Kenny makes some good throws, that sort of thing. And before you know it, you, you got yourself, you know, doing the things that you need to do to secure a win.
1: Yeah,
3: and, and you also have to remember, this Bucks defense is only 18th against the rush. Like, where this defense makes its hay is passing down situations. Mm-hmm. You know, they're number six in, in, in passing yards allowed in, in per game, and also third and sacks. So, when they put you in passing downs, they also hit home on said passing downs. So, that's why right. it's imperative to, A, establish on early. B, you play action going, and like you said, get Kenny on the move not have him be a statue of the back there, right? You know, just stand tall and compressed in the pocket. Get him on the move. Get him some comfort. Force William Golson, Jack Barrett, Joe Tryon, all these guys. Get, get him to run laterally. Vita Vea does not want to run. You know, what I'm no. what I'm He wants to run plug. Yeah, he uh, just Pete wants Hicks, to plug. Still injured. <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> he just wants to plug. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. He's he's a stopper in the bathtub, right? You yes. Know? Um so you don't want to – you don't want to obviously I, run I just caught him.
2: on to that, that, that <laughs> yeah, illustration. <he> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's a stopper in the bathtub. Very good.
3: But, uh, but yeah, that that's what you need to do, um, really. And I think the offensive line, I think we match up well. I think getting guys – I think for Chou for that's going to be the beef eater matchup, him against Shaq Barrett. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a good challenge for him. And then I think also Dan Moore, how you play against William Goldston slash Joe Tryon. It's going is going to matter. It's going to be a big thing to watch because those edges you got to control those edges because you can't run in the middle of the via. You're going to have to run b b gap, which is guard tackle gap and wider um, early he, on to get via so be going. Matter,
2: Max. He's so big. He's a c gap guy. <laughs> his his Keister goes from c gap to c gap. I think.
3: See, no, I was giving him, I was giving him both A's. <laughs> yeah, he lines up as a zero, but he still has a both A's covered with the ham hocks.
2: You yeah, know what I'm saying? He certainly that's does, man. Say,
3: that's why I didn't even say A-gap, right? You know what
2: I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> You know, to quote <laughs> well, Doug Deacon from Cleveland, who was a great offensive tackle and a broadcaster there, who just stepped down after so many years of being in the booth. You know, he used to say that his, his rear end is so wide you can show the the uh, 2021 and 2020 highlight film simultaneously on his backside. <laughs> Jesus! Oh goodness! Oh <laughs> man! Yeah, that's that's you. big. That's big.
3: Yeah. That, that that is a that's a big keister. That's a that's a huge keister. Well that's um,
2: Veda is is Casey Hampton big. You know what I mean?
3: Yes, I would say that. I, I would agree with that. He's Casey Hampton big, not is Casey Hampton
2: skilled. No.
3: But sometimes you don't need the skill, obviously, if you're if you're that big. <laughs> Just need to be in the right place.
1: <laughs>
2: that's for sure. That's for sure. but, but uh, again, I think, you know, you take a look at Devin White, their linebacker, and Levante David. Those are the guys that, in my mind, really make this defense go, along with Antoine Winfield.
3: Yeah. No, um, you know, Antoine Winfield is is one of the key guys. I mean, what he does in the backfield um, from, that, from that nickel position,
1: mm-hmm. because
3: he can also blitz as well as cover into the zone. And he can also, if you shift, I mean, you take your number one receiver off the ball. Yeah. Like, he's that varied, but they like him because – that speed correlates to pressure. So that's what they like at nickel over the cornerback position. And of course, I mean, you got some good ones. Carlton Davis is a very good corner as well as Jamel Dean, but Antoine Winfield, the guy, like you said, he's the X factor guy. You know, he's the one that can bump in and also play at that nickel backer position as well as being a actual slot type of guy. So they like him closer to the line of scrimmage, closer to the middle of the defense, because, He's a guy that can that can come up and press the hole and make a tackle, but also get in the backfield in effect pressure-wise as far as some of the screen game, some of the the, the swing pass game. Like he's yes. a guy that's very aggressive from that perspective. So I think you got to do some things where you're sending action one way, rolling out, reverse booting um, to get his eye to check his eye discipline early, and make sure that he that what he's doing, you want to see what he's doing. Um, as well as a guy, whoever's that closing guy off the edge, because I think that also plays well. So they understand help side responsibility. You'll see that you'll sometimes see those outside backers just play straight up the field, just to contain, just to cut off right. the reverse boot game. But if you run powerfully and you get some positive yardage early, now you get that guy trying to trying to sink right, trying to sink along the line right off the backside butt of uh, of whether it's a tackle or tight end to play the cutback lane, and that's when you can get the reverse boot out. So it's going to be good for Kenny to check his eyes early when he does actually hand it off and carries out the fake to the boot yes. to see what that backside DN's is doing or outside backer is doing. And and then, of course, Antoine Winfield, of course, being the other guy that you're going to look at on the second level. Because if that guy's scraping on the line of scrimmage, is he, is Antoine Winfield replacing or is he dropping off in the coverage? That's going to give you your lanes, but you got to test it early.
2: No doubt about it. I think um, you can get after these guys. There ain't no doubt in my mind. They're going to come after you, and they're you know, and they're going to blitz. Todd Bowles is uh, the guy. The guy is uh, pretty aggressive, and he's going to put it out there. So uh, you know, Kenny's got to be ready for all his reads and stuff like that. But you know, I, again, I'm excited. I think going into this game, you've got the opportunity now to be able to come through and and pick up first downs on third down, which is something that uh, they've they've struggled in doing. And they got to get better at it. Kenny's got to be better in the uh, red zone. He was 0 for 5 in the red zone. But we also know that some of the receivers, you got to make plays for him. And this is the time. This is the place to go out and make some plays. You're at home. You got the crowd with you. You're going to have Kenny. Uh, you got a lot of juice behind that. And defensively speaking, you know, you got an ability to make things a little bit miserable for the goat. And I think, you know, doing all that, and hopefully, if we get a couple of those guys back that are a little nicked up. That's going to be – a that will go a long ways towards helping. That is for sure.
3: No, nah, absolutely. That will go a long way. And talking about Pat move being one of those guys offensively that you want to see where he's at, see if see what Calvin Austin can do, if, if there is going to be a package or availability on him. Um, you know, is Gunner going to be back at that position? You know, is Gunnar going to come back and assume the, uh, the punt – punt and kick return duties so will he be dressed i mean i think all those things matter we'll get a final answer on that after practice today and once we get the practice report but uh right now wolf we're going to step aside one more time and i just want to point people's attention to the godfather's back saverin the godfather of pittsburgh sports is coming on our snr lineup and dropping two podcasts a week every tuesday and thursday yes you heard me tuesday and yesterday for everybody keeping a tabulation, uh, talking all things Pittsburgh sports. Um, just a tremendous podcast. Go in, give it a listen. Uh, when you get a chance, subscribe on wherever your podcasts are, are played or subscribed to for you guys know the Steelers mobile app has you covered and so does iHeartRadio. And when we come back, we'll continue to preview the offense. It'll be Wes and Wolf. I will be passing the baton off to Master Splinter himself to come in and finish us out because I have a responsibility to go to. So- pitch to Johnny?
0: <laughs> you can't pitch to Johnny. I'm
2: Johnny.
3: <laughs> oh, we're pitching to Johnny. And Johnny's going to get us the first down because he's going to run the annexation of Puerto Rico for us. And to finish it out, it's going to be Wesley Euler running the annexation of Puerto Rico, guys. But uh, <laughs> when we come back, that's what we'll do. Thank you for listening. And continue to tune in to In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks here on SNR and ESPN Radio.
0: is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
4: When I first got to Michigan, I had been at Syracuse and I got to Michigan in 99, but we had gone to uh, Ann Arbor the year after they won a national championship. So 98, I think it was their opener. Uh, and we went there and we had a pretty good team. A guy named McNabb was a quarterback and all that other stuff. So we go there and we beat them, we beat them pretty handily. And then the next year I get a job uh, at Michigan. So when I first get in there and I get in the building and, you know, one of the first times I came across Tom and it might have been, you know, right before spring practice. And uh, first thing he came up and he asked me, he goes, hey, what did you see against us that made you play us that way? You know, and that's kind of the thing I remember about him. He always wanted to know, you know, the whys and, and, and why people were doing things. And, and that's probably why he is where he is, because that, that never left him. And I think, you know, he studies the game. and He's going to know why people were trying to do things against him and, and what they can do to beat those things. And so that, that's the story I remember, you know, because that's really like would probably have been my first real big interaction with him.
2: Steelers defensive coordinator Terrell Austin. Describing that, that first kind of like meeting, with Tom uh, Brady before he became TV-12. And Wes, and thank you, by the way, for st- sitting in for Max because he has some previous obligations he's got to be able to attend to. But, uh, Wes, I got to say this. Tampa Bay is now throwing the ball, has been all season long, 67% of the time, all right? Over the past three weeks, they're passing the ball at an unbelievable 78% of their snaps. Jeez. By far the most in the NFL during that time that's incredible
5: that is that's like um you know that's like Texas Tech USC air it out don't even pretend to care about the run right I mean that is I think particularly when you consider Tom Brady's age too you know for for him to be throwing that much for him to be dropping back that much um they got to really trust that offensive line which makes sense because they're they're one of the more talented units in the league but yeah when you uh when you were telling me those numbers during break that is staggering I mean that's that's not even close to you know to trying and, and having a split or even 60-40, nothing like that.
2: Not not close. Brady threw for three hundred and fifty one yards last week. Okay, now think about this. That was his fortieth three hundred plus yard game since he turned forty. Wow. I mean, the th- th- that's that's just mind boggling. Crazy. That's just mind boggling. You can think about a guy. 45 years old. Hey, he threw for 351 yards. That's over 300, right? That's 40th game since he's been 40 year, turned 40 years old. I I can't even that's, I, I keep that's repeating wild. it cuz I can't wrap my brain around it.
5: Well, if you know they had the um Thursday Night Football last night was the uh the Bears and the Commanders. Yes, the Bears. There was a stat, I forget who said it, but Tom Brady, if you just took his stats from age 40 and on, okay, right? right. So the last five years, he'd be the all-time leading passer in Chicago Bears franchise history.
2: <laughs> in his 40s,
5: he's the all-time leading passer in Chicago Bears history. It's 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 it is it's insane. It really is.
2: It really is. I mean, you, you got to take that in and kind of roll around in the pelt for a minute to, to like, understand and come to grips with what he's doing. It's, it's really phenomenal. You think about it. He's thrown – Uh, What, 52 passes in each of Tampa Bay's last two games? And these stats are available to you if you go to Steelers.com, and and Matt Williamson does a great job of putting together a cheat sheet and helping you to understand what's going on this weekend. It's great stuff. And so Brady has thrown, as I said, 52 passes in each of Tampa Bay's last two games. Now, he's 5-2 when he throws 50-plus passes in a game. What do they normally say? When you when you throw 50 plus passes it's normally you lose okay mm-hmm. but he's five and two the rest of the NFL quarterbacks during this same stretch are 21 105 and four when throwing the ball at least Jeez. 50 times what is it about Brady that he can take throwing 50 plus passes and be having a record of five and two when all the other quarterbacks are, are they, they they're, they're losing when they throw 50 plus
5: yeah you know and a lot of that, you know, it's kind of what we saw from Kenny Pickett this past Sunday, right? When you're tra- if your team's trailing, right. you're throwing the ball more often. I mean, that's right. the majority of the time. You think back to the the wild card playoff game against the Browns a couple years ago when Ben threw the ball like 60 times, you know, because the Steelers were down 28 at one point in that game and to claw their way back into it. Uh, that's harder to do. Much obviously playing the the long game, the patient game, and running the football. What they do so well, though, Wolf, while he's why he's able to throw those numbers in victory, it's a little bit of. You know, at the end of his tenure in New England, uh, him and Bilichek and that offense there, I believe it was Matt Patricia who was there with them at the end of his tenure. Um, They, and McDaniels obviously as well too, they really mastered using the pass game like a run game. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, hey, yeah, we can line up and we can run the football and we can get, you know, probably four or five yards. Or we know that in the past game we can get four and four or five yards almost every single time. We're gonna we're gonna use it like a, a pseudo run game. We're not trying to stretch the field here. We're not trying to hit intermediate routes here. We're gonna take the four, five six yards the defense is giving us. We're gonna dink and dunk our way down the field until that big play opens up and, and then that's when they could we're really at their best and could hurt you with guys like Gronk and New England right and, and now Mike Evans and Company down there in Tampa. But that's what they do so well. They throw it so efficiently that's translated down there. That staff with with Lefwich and uh, and Ba obviously and everyone they use that pass game almost like a pseudo run game. Where on first down they're they're not looking for an eight yard completion. They're not looking for a fourteen yard completion. They'll take four five six yards. They'll stay ahead of the sticks. And man, everyone knows it's coming. And it's it's still very difficult to stop.
2: Well, it's funny because you you know there was a lot of belly aching over. Ben Roethlisberger last year throwing the ball in 2.4 seconds, right? Mm-hmm. But Brady, that's what he averages. You know, I mean, it's that quick. His ability, and so much of his ability is based on he knows what he's where and what he's doing before the ball is even snapped. Yes, you know, he comes to the line of scrimmage. He does that. As as Tunchuken used to to call it the seven yard walk. <laughs> you know where you know you got you walk from the huddle to. Uh, under center. Now, of course, they, they, they have the shotgun so much. But it's where you gain all that information. You look at the safeties. You look to the linebackers. You read the defensive front. And, and the whole time, you're just going through, scrolling through the scouting report in your gourd. You know, and everything just computes for Brady. You know, it's interesting. You think about it. Of those of those 104 passes he's thrown over the past couple of weeks, 27 have gone to the running backs. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he really, he, it's like you said, it's a pseudo running game, and they, take, they check that down to the backs. A lot of it is they do a lot of wide receiver screens. They do a lot of, um, they'll take the slot man and, and just roll him towards the sidelines, kind of motion. Not motion, but as soon as this ball is snapped, he'll just go laterally and he'll throw it out there, and they just go after you with a one-man or two-man wide receiver screen mm-hmm. and just do it, you know, to the left, to the right, you know, come back. You know, it, it's interesting, and they, they they do keep you off balance. They'll, throw, they'll run the ball every now and then. Sure. But certainly at 87%. Cool. Yeah, I, or I'm sorry, 78%. That's ridiculous.
5: It is, and it's, you know, that is, I think, the best offenses in the National Football League right now, Wolf. That's how they operate, right? Um, You look at Tampa over the last two or three years. You look at the Chiefs over the last two or three years. You look at the Rams you know, they've they've been struggling early out of the gate here. But what the the Rams were last year when winning a Super Bowl, what the Buffalo Bills are really trying to get to right now and and think they finally have that formula is that they don't rely much on the run game until they need to. And they know that they can still be effective when they need to. So they're going to come out with Brady and Mahomes and Stafford and Josh Allen and the weapons that those guys have, and they're going to dice you up. But if it gets to be late in the game, and they've got a three-point lead, a four-point lead, a seven-point lead, one possession lead, and they need to put that game on ice, they can run the football when they need to, you know, to 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 work uh work you down, wear you down, and to kind of just grind out wins. And that to me is if you if you look, you know, bigger picture, the last just year or two or three in the National Football League, the best offenses, it feels like that's the identity. Like they're they're gashing you through the air. That's where they're cutting their teeth that's where they have the majority of their playmakers and their big plays. But when it's time, when it's late in the fourth quarter, when it's a one possession game and they need to wear your defense out and they need to put that game on ice, they know that they can still run the football and that's a that's a big balance that, that Tampa Bay has had. They started slow this season obviously, but they're still first place in their division. They've, you know, won the Super Bowl 2 years ago, were a play away with the Rams last year in the playoffs. Uh, this is an efficient unit that knows what it takes and Again, I don't think you know the the book is out on that, right? Like it's not like it's some big secret, but man, they're just they're so effective, they're so efficient, and they got they've got a lot of um you know a lot of different bullets in that holster that that they can <laughs> de- that they can deploy at any different time, just given uh you know the situation of the game and and how it plays out and all those different things.
2: You know, through the whole year, you talk about you know their efficiency. Brady's completing eighty four percent of his passes when they're targeted for Chris Godwin, 84%. My goodness, that's they're, – they're just like ridiculous stuff. But having said all that, again, you go back to one of the things that Kenny does and that Kenny did in a hostile atmosphere in a hostile environment, such as Highmark Stadium, has proved that he, he, the, the noise doesn't bother him mm-hmm. and he can get out there and can play with the pressure. I tell you what, of,
5: was, wasn't that an environment up there oh, last Sunday? My goodness.
2: Wes, you're, you're absolutely correct. That was just crazy. You know, I mean, the, the 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 I know I well know the Western New York fans. That is a crazy <laughs> group there. The Bills Mafia and everything it's
5: else. It's very, it's very it, like it. And that was that was my first time going up to Orchard Park. Obviously, you've played there, you've broadcasted there, you've been there, you grew up there. I mean, you're very familiar with that area, that stadium, that fan base, everything. That was my first time going <laughs> there this past weekend. Wolf, it reminded me of like a big time SEC football game. I mean, you you know, you, you pull up at 745 in the morning. We got to the stadium and traffic was already a nightmare because people were everywhere. Every blade of grass, every parking lot gets turned into a tailgating area. The entire town almost shuts down and everything is just about the game and the tailgates and the atmosphere. And it was I mean, it was very impressive. So that was, I think. If you're looking for, you know, positives to pull from Sun past Sunday, not that you and I are seeking comfort or anything, but mm-hmm. but no matter what happens, there's always positives that you can pull from any game, negatives that you can pull from any sure. game. I do think that's a good call by you. One of those is, man, Kenny, he's, he's not going to see many atmospheres crazier than that in his NFL right. career. You know, uh, we get him here in Pittsburgh sometimes. You know, Philly will be a test in a couple weeks. Places like Green Bay and Kansas City, we know they get rowdy as well, too, but... That's about as good as it gets. That's about as loud as it gets. Last Sunday, and I think that's good for him to, you know, to get that experience so early in his career.
2: You know, what's so funny? It uh, reminds me of, um, you know, what the, the Buffalo fans—they pull in for big games. They start parking their RVs at the stadium on Wednesday jeez i mean think about that
5: that's caught co- like that's college town atmosphere that is. i mean it's a college yeah. town
2: atmosphere they're pulling in their their rvs and they're setting up around you know fake campfires and stuff like that in the, <laughs> in the parking lot and they're just hanging out but that is buffalo that's how much they love their bills and, the, the, and they've been waiting for this team for a long time too. yes they have there's yeah. there's no doubt about it now i look i look at brady and i look at the uh, you know the the pass catching weapons he's got and Again, I go back to well, I believe Julio Jones is is nicked up. I don't think he's. Uh,
5: yeah, last I saw a couple of days ago, he was listed as questionable. Yeah. So I'm I'm not sure if his status has changed since then. But
2: but the guy that that really does bother me is Mike Evans. Mike Evans is he's got he's got length, he's got speed, and he's got a catch radius that is ridiculous. And that, he's the guy that troubles me, you know, because Cameron Bright. He's, you know, he's only throwing. He's caught what eleven passes, mm-hmm. and Kate Otten is not a big target, and and Russell Gage has caught some, but he's he's only averaging seven point four. The interesting thing was a couple of weeks ago, up through the the yak yards for uh, the Tampa Bay wide receivers was was not impressive. They were twenty second in the league, yeah. And over the last couple of weeks, they're all of a sudden they zipped up to number one. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it's just amazing, but. Brady is one of the best guys at throwing guys open I've ever seen. You know, he's he puts his ball placement is is so accurate. He puts it where the his guys can catch and go. You know what I mean? That's that's the height of mastery. Watching how he's he's capable of doing that.
5: It, it really is and you know, I mean that's what he's done his entire career. It doesn't matter if he's you know, got studs out there like Mike Evans and, you know, obviously the connection that him and Randy Moss had during, you know, those couple years there in New England. Um, he, a lot of times, has taken the Chris Hogan's. You know, the the unknown guys who were playing college lacrosse and all of a sudden they're, you know, they're yes. starring in the Super Bowl. Um, it is it is impressive. When you consider this Bucks team, um, Leonard Fournette is their second leading wide receiver. We yeah. all know he's their leading running back, but he's their second leading wide receiver, you know. Chris Godwin hasn't had a huge year. They've had some guys banged up in that department. Russell Gage is is starting to get his feet wet. But when your running back is your second leading receiver, to still be able to have all that success through the air, I mean, it, it's impressive. It absolutely is. They've, um, I mean, geez, you know, they've got six or seven guys that are really a big part of that offense, and uh, uh, that is obviously a huge part of that is is a testament to Tom Brady. Yeah, they've got talent there, without a doubt. Um, but like you said, he throws guys open. He's able to make it work with anybody. If he's got someone like Mike Evans, watch out. But if not, he'll still find the skill sets of of his weapons and his players, and and be able to be successful out there. Uh, particularly with you know again the staff that they have there in Tampa is just outstanding. A lot of offensive minds there on that staff, um, and that's that's how they're built. We know the defense is there, and that's a big reason of why they won the super bowl, you know, Levante David and Devin White and, and and those guys that they have in their front. Um but this is a team that is impressively well-rounded on offense and I think that is their their biggest strength and obviously it starts with Tom Brady.
2: Yeah, it it really does. Uh and it's interesting to me, I didn't realize that they're explosive plays, and that being if you got runs of 10 yards or more or 20 plus passing yards. But they they're all, they're they're not a very explosive team. They're 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 way down. You know, I think there's. Uh, let's see, it's only but they're like five from the bottom. You know, it, it's surprising because you, you would think with Brady they'd be higher, but you know, it the Buff Bills now they're up there. <laughs> you know, the Bills the Bills had a lot of explosive plays, as we well know. Uh, watching Brady, it's again this guy gets on his spot and his drops, and he just hangs there and hangs there, and he lets that ball go and. seconds, and it's throw short and and run long. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers are going to attempt to uh, corral some of his, uh, you know, his throwing because the the guy is just, I don't know, over and over, you just are amazed by what he's capable of doing. Okay, let's take a break, and then we'll put a wrap on it when we come back. Hey, appreciate you listening. You're in the locker room, SNR.
0: This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: Third down and ten for New England. Big play. They're four for nine on third down. Three for eight because the P.I. doesn't count. Third and ten at the 21. Steelers in the dime. Shotgun snap. Brady now. Throws it. Incomplete. Incomplete. It's a sack. It's a sack. Man, they oh, cut, he didn't below. throw it. No, he got swallowed up. But Dupree got him before he unloaded the ball. Oh, man, he got swallowed up like a giant wave. Wow. Talk about memory lane. Listen to the great Billy Hillgrove and, of course, Chalooch. Uh,
5: every, to- every time I – Pull out an old highlight and, and touches on there. It makes me smile, man. Every, uh, it does. Every it time. really does. I
2: love hearing his voice still. Me too. Miss him every single day. All right. Again, that was a great call because pressure is the name of the game, and pressure is something that you got to have. Pressure and Brady, you've got to not give him all the time in the world to sit back, but how do you get it? And It's going to be difficult. I mean, think about this, Wes. Four games without Watt this year, Right. In the last four games, they've had three sacks, just three sacks. And versus Buffalo, they had zero sacks, and only one QB uh, quarterback hit when Mika went and uh, hit Josh Allen when he released the ball. Right, that uh, third play of the game. Yeah, yeah. 98-yarder. I mean, if you go over the last five games, uh, five games Watt either missed or played less than 50% of the snaps the Steelers only got six sacks, and I and believe you me, Joe Rudder put this together. There's a great article by Joe Rudder. I didn't. If I had done the math, it you could sit there and say we need a fact checker. <laughs> but you know, but Joe Rudder did it, and he did a great job. So you got six sacks, right? And then uh, between last year and this year, the Steelers have nine sacks and nine games in our 0-8 and one Jeez. without, without, uh, um, without uh, TJ. My goodness. Could we not use TJ, huh? We
5: certainly could use TJ. Um, I mean, hey, we could use a lot of reinforcements on the defense right now, particularly <laughs> in the secondary. But, yeah, certainly TJ. Wolf, I mean, this this Steelers defense is predicated on getting after the quarterback. Yes. That's what they've done at elite level. I mean – Five years s- running. Five years running. Yeah. yeah. I mean, literally, that's not an exaggeration. That's what they've done at elite Record level. The best setting. in the NFL. Five years running. Um, when – When, you know, when what is supposed to be your bread and butter all of a sudden becomes an area where you're struggling, that's, you know, that's tough. That's where it feels like you're rowing against the current, and that's where... Again, you got to find some way forward, some – I don't want to say you have to change your identity on defense, but maybe you just have to shift it in that regard a little bit. Okay, well, we were always able to just rush four and organically get home, right? When we've got Highsmith and TJ on the outside, and we've right. got Ogan, Joby, and Cam on the inside, we can rush those four. We know we're going to get pressure no matter what. Well, that's not the case now. You know, Maybe you have to get a little bit more creative. You have to do some different things in terms of disguising what you're doing. Um, but you you got to get after the quarterback, particularly this quarterback – because that's what this defense is predicated on, and if you don't do it against Tom Brady, he
2: will make you pay. Well, this is the scary part because you got a Kela from Cam Sutton, and Levi Wallace. You know that uh, they might not be there. You got young guys, and I mean, you're we're talking about Josh Jackson. We're talking about James Pierre. You know, guys that have not been playing much in the defense. I mean, they just picked up Josh Jackson a couple of weeks ago um he's got starter experience and everything it's a difficult situation to put these guys into you know without saying you know um try not to mess yourself up by too, disguising too much what you're doing you know what i mean right uh, that's difficult and and so you know it's going to be about keeping these guys in front of them making sure that you tackle the catch you really got to be spot on in tackling the catch and I, I don't know any other way other than to offensively keep rolling the chains because that is going to be something so huge is Kenny Pickett picking up those third downs, whether he's got to hoof it, whether he's got to run it, whatever he's got to do, and making uh, you know those, those, those uh, possession downs, converting them into new downs because it, that's the best way to beat Brady that you can – That I can imagine. I mean, obviously, you know, you can't spend put him on the bench the whole time. But at the (laughs) same time, you know, you can keep his fanny on the on the uh, bench for a good portion of the game.
5: No, that's what you got to do. You 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 need to you know you need to be able to run the ball and and elongate drives and keep them off the field. And then you got to be all up in his gourd, baby, when he is out there
2: and get a chance to take the goat down. That's right. But do so gently, men. Remember, you, you know, you can't. You can't put you can't. a put a pillow down before you sack him. Right? Yeah, exactly. You got shaken, not stirred, okay? <laughs> you got, <you're> just, <laughs> and that's what you're going to have to do with him. All right. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, we are, you're in, in the locker room with uh, Wes and, and Craig Wolfley, and we got the Steelers coming up. AccraSure Stadium on Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff. It is... The the fighting Brady's from Tampa Bay. (laughs) Be ready to go, baby. Thank you for joining us. And as my dad always used to say to me at the end of the day, when we're sitting at the the kitchen eating dinner hey, Muttonhead, pass the ketchup.
0: hey guys back at the playground again huh
1: yep you know what this playground could use a wine country heck
0: yeah and some waves so we could go surfing
1: oh Ah, love that a redwood forest would be cool i'm in (laughs) ah
0: ski slopes let's
1: do it um can a girl go shopping wait